All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the Real Estate IQ Off-Market Leads Deal Finding Training. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do apologize for that slight delay getting the webinar launched. I am having some audio-visual issues today, so uh, I won't have my webcam working, unfortunately, but thank you all so much for tuning in. My name is Joseph Delacruz with Real Estate IQ. And again, welcome to the Deal Finding Training Off-Market Leads Edition. So I'll give uh, the attendees just a couple more seconds here to get situated. But uh, I thank you again for being here today and spending your uh, lunchtime today learning about off-market leads. Again, my name is Joseph Dela Cruz. I'll be your host for today. And a uh, brief agenda for this afternoon. Uh, we'll just start with a brief introduction here. Uh, then we'll jump into off-market leads uh, we'll talk about why we want to uh, investigate and uh, leverage off-market leads as real estate investors. Then we'll talk about some of the common off-market lead types we have available. And then we'll end up with some QA here. So definitely stick around for the Q&A session. Um, you'll be uh, invited to ask any questions you want um, during that time. But feel free at any time during the presentation to drop uh, a chat in the chat window if you have any questions, and I'll be sure to address that as well. Uh, so for those of you who are new to Zoom, which I think is probably unlikely at this point in time, <laughs> given Zoom is the new standard, uh, but for those of you who aren't familiar, just uh, please take a couple moments to familiarize yourself with the controls. So in particularly, make sure you know where to find the chat, um, the chat button. And then also what, we'll, uh, what you'll see is a poll question popping up um, throughout the presentation, just so we can get to know you. Um, and one of our goals at Real Estate IQ is to serve our clients and our customers as best as we can. And part of that uh, is definitely getting to know you, your strategies and uh, how you invest. So we'd greatly appreciate it if you answer those poll questions. But as an added bonus uh, for answering the poll questions, we will enter you to win a raffle. Um, so the raffle prize is uh, some awesome freebies from Real Estate IQ, including some of our services uh, for free for a short period of time. And again, for those of you just tuning in, my name is Joseph Dela Cruz. Welcome to the Off Market Leads Deal Finding Training Edition. Um, I do apologize. I have some audiovisual issues uh, with me, so I don't have my camera working. Uh, but I think you can see the screen and hear me okay. If not, just let us know in the chat window. All right. Also, just as a quick icebreaker, uh, if you could let us know who or what got you into real estate, uh, type it into the chat window. Um, love to hear uh, from you there. Um, for me personally, uh, it was my wife. Uh, at, then, that, at that time, it was my fiance. She handed me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, let me know if you've also read that book. Um, but that got me into real estate investing. All right. So do share in the chat window as well. Uh, if you've had a similar experience or if it was also a friend or significant other who, who got you into the real estate realm, I'd love to hear from you in the chat window there. Thanks, Keaton. Um, yeah. Oh, your uncle. Fantastic. So Keaton's uncle got him into investing. That is fantastic. It's great to, to hear that. Um, I love how a lot of the investors that I, uh, talk to our, um, our, it's a family business, you know, it's passed down from generation to generation. And there's so many opportunities to get everyone in the family involved uh, in so many different ways. Fantastic. So uh, once again, this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ. We are the number one in deal finding 
although we do need to update these slides, we offer now over, it's way more than 45,000 distressed and motivated seller leads. Uh, and the cool thing there is that um, we started in Texas in all the major markets in Texas, but we are now in Florida, Georgia. Uh, we are in Chicago and Illinois, um, in Salt Lake City and Utah. And we have um, plenty more markets planned for our, uh, for our upcoming years, uh, for next year for our expansion. So let me know um, also in the chat window if you've got a particular market you like to invest in. Let me know. I'd love to talk to you all about um, where you'd like to invest in and where we should go next as the company. Fantastic. And thanks uh, all for chiming in as well in the chat window, Rob and, and Luis. Uh, fantastic. Um, all right. Okay. So uh, what we've done over the years with Real Estate IQ, uh, we started by providing leads um, that were uh, discounted properties on the MLS uh, but we quickly pivoted to off-market leads because we understand that, um, especially in a hot market, you know, a seller's market, you've got to go off-market to find great deals. Uh, but aside from that, we've also pivoted to cater to more of our community, not just in finding deals, but in finding everything else you need, you know, from funding um, to contractors, to title companies, title attorneys, and all that. Uh, so we've built an entire platform around the investment community. And when you look at the entire platform, we're fully confident that you'll always be able to find a deal with Real Estate IQ. Um, it's not just a matter of the data. It's about your network, just as much as it is about having good leads. So I challenge you to join our, our community, our platform. Check out our website, realestateiq.co and uh, get involved with the community, network with some other um, essential providers for the real estate investment community, and we're confident that you'll be able to find a deal with us. So just a little bit about the team. I won't spend too much time here so we can jump into the actual content. Um, so we got started, our CEO and co-founders, uh, Steve and Juan Carlos Cruz, they're based in Dallas. Uh, Steve has more of the corporate America management and leadership experience um, as an engineer physicist uh, turned real estate investor. And Juan Carlos Cruz has always been our kind of visionary. He's been an entrepreneur ever since, uh, you know, he, <laughs> he got started uh, at a very young age. Um, and throughout the years, we've been able to grow our team. Uh, Becky, myself, and Rodney, uh, we're all real estate investors as well. And we love to think of ourselves as investors creating products for other investors. So we're not just um, creating the products, but we're also using them ourselves to invest. And um, just a little bit about myself. Um, again, my name is Joseph. Uh, I am the uh, actually the chief technical officer for Real Estate IQ. I got to update these slides to reflect that. Um, but I am also a real estate investor in the central Texas area. Um, I do buy and holds, fix and flips uh, in the single family realm, but we just branched out into small multifamily as well. Um, check out my Facebook page too for my personal investing business. Um, take a look there, facebook.com slash newdayhomestx. My business partners and I um, run this operation, again, mainly in uh, central Texas. Um, like our page, uh, we'll do the same for you if you comment on our page. We'll We'll go to your page as well and, uh, and interact with you there. I think that's a great way for us all to kind of benefit from each other and grow uh, each other's social media presence. 
All right, so I do need to give a quick shout out to our sponsors here before we get started. Uh, in no particular order here, uh, we have um, Investor Loan Source, Blink Lending, and Bay Mountain Capital in the middle here. And if you'll pull up the chat window, what we'll do is we'll drop the contact information, phone numbers, and emails for all these uh, sponsors in the chat window. And uh, what I will say about these sponsors is, you know, we work with uh, with people, with sponsors that have um, a high level of integrity uh, with values similar to our own. And I can tell you, I've actually personally done business with about half of these vendors and have had fantastic experiences with all, all of them. So with the hard money lending, uh, what I will say is, you know, we have three hard money lenders here, Investor Loan Source, Blink Lending, and Bay Mountain Capital. Um, some people ask why we have multiple hard money lenders, but the answer is because each lender has different products in their portfolio that may suit you better for one particular strategy or one particular situation compared to another. So definitely reach out to all of them. Uh, don't just pick one. Um, get quotes from all of them, understand the different uh, products they offer, the nuances uh, on what they offer, and you um, will definitely be able to find a great deal for your particular um, situation. And as a side note, I know all these lenders are still operating uh, amidst the, uh, the current pandemic situation. Um, likewise, uh, if you've got retirement funds, a 401k, an IRA that you want to self-direct and put towards real estate, Definitely reach out to Quest Trust Company. Uh, I've done about three transactions with them. Uh, fantastic service um, and an excellent um, knowledge base, um, a wealth of knowledge um, that they provide as well. Next, if you're looking to do um, note investing, uh, definitely check out Note School with Eddie Speed. Uh, it's a great way to venture outside of the more um, active side of, of real estate investing to be a bit more passive on the note side. Then moving over to the right here, uh, Action Coach uh, with Sean. Um, if you're looking to kind of learn how to uh, structure your business so that you're not uh, just an employee in your business, not working in your business, rather, uh, you know, you want to be working on your business and not in your business, uh, definitely reach out to Sean with Action Coach. We've leveraged their services internally at Real Estate IQ with some great success as well. Then last but not least, for all the buy and hold investors, um, you'll definitely want a property manager sooner or later. Uh, definitely check out Real Property Management. They've got uh, franchises. I, I, technically, I'm not sure if they're, they're franchises, but they've got operations all over Texas and, and nationwide as well. All right. That being said, let's move on here. Um, unfortunately, because of the audio situation, I'm not gonna be able to play this testimonial, but check out our YouTube page, uh, Real Estate IQ, um, and check out all the testimonials we have there. We've got lots of investors who've been successful with our products uh, and finding deals, analyzing deals, and making a ton of money with them. So definitely check out our YouTube channel as well. Um, Jeff, actually, if I could get you to link the, this video in the, in the uh, chat window, that would be great. I'm not going to be able to play it here for you, unfortunately, but definitely check out the link that we'll put in the chat window. All right. Um, one more thing before we move on. Um, what we're covering today is just one of the four or five tools in our platform. Um, so today we're covering off-market leads um, for those of you just tuning in. Uh, but again, that's just a small part of what we offer as a whole. Uh, unfortunately, we can't cover everything today in just an hour. So uh, if you want to learn about the other products we have, 
Um, or if you want to go even more in depth on off-market leads, uh, I encourage you and welcome you to schedule a one-on-one -on -one deal finding training completely free uh, via Zoom, uh, where we can really tailor the discussion to you and your particular needs. Um, so if you want to do that, just respond to the poll question, or if that's not working for you for whatever reason, just let me know in the chat window, I'd like a demo, and our team will reach out to you to schedule a one-on-one -on -one Zoom call with you. All right, and of course, um, I did mention the other products that we have. Again, we are going to focus specifically on our deal finding product suite, um, the off-market leads. So we do have plenty of other products uh, that are kind of integral for any investor uh, who wants to capitalize on all, um, all avenues, all sources of leads. But again, today we are gonna focus on the off-market leads. Okay. So let's jump right into the presentation with off-market leads. Um, so I'm showing here a screen with all these different off-market lead sources. Uh, we'll get into these in a moment, but I really want to stress and I want to have you understand why we look for off-market leads. And first of all, what are off-market leads? So the idea with off-market leads is they're basically um, distinct from leads that are listed on the market. And when we say on the market, that means uh, deals that are posted on the MLS or the multiple listing service. Uh, now we call these on market because everyone has visibility to these. It's basically the retail space. And if you talk about finding good deals as an investor or in general, you never want to pay retail. That's not going to be a good deal um, unless, you know, it really depends on your strategies. But uh, let's just say for today, um, we're assuming that we want to find discounted deals uh, so that we can either wholesale them or fix and flip them, or we could, you know, uh, fix them up, rent them out. So in other words, we need some kind of discount. So we can't afford to pay retail. That's not going to be a good deal. So we are going to focus on properties that are off market. Um, and the number one way to find off-market leads is to market to people who are going through certain situations in their life um, that uh, is, first of all, is unfortunate, uh, but, you know, regardless of the, the reason, um, you know, people are going through these situations and they often need some assistance. They need some help. Um, so, our goal is to find people who don't necessarily want to sell at a discount, but they need to sell at a discount. And um, the best way to do this is to target people who have uh, certain situations going on. So some of these situations are listed here um, and we'll go through these in detail. Um, you know, they can range from being behind on mortgage payments, you know, to the point at which the bank is going to foreclose on the property. Uh, it could be people who are behind on their property taxes. Uh, it could be people who have um, someone who's passed away who owns real estate and has um, going through, you know, their heirs are going through the process of, uh, of obtaining that real estate. So there's all kinds of situations and scenarios where uh, these people might be motivated, you know, to get out of that situation by selling the property. So let's jump into some of these lead types uh, and one thing I will ask of you all, uh, we do have a lot of um, information for each of these lead types. Uh, so we won't spend, um, we won't be able to go through all of these in detail, but if there's a particular lead type of interest to you, 
and you want to spend a little bit more time going through those leads, uh, let me know in the chat window and I'll spend more time on those leads uh, compared to the others. So again, let me know in the chat window, but I'm going to start going through uh, in sequence here and let me know where you want to focus more of the time on. Okay, so with the pre-foreclosure leads, uh, these are probably the most common uh, and the most, uh, the most sought out initially uh, by a lot of investors. And the idea here is, again, someone owns real estate, they have a mortgage, but they have not been paying uh, the mortgage. And of course, the mortgage company, you know, they're in the business of, of making money on you with their money. Uh, so making interest, they're not in the business of owning real estate. So uh, as soon as their loan is not producing uh, any returns, they're going to want to act on that. So the way they do that, um, and this varies from state to state, depending on the laws, um, they either have to sue the owner and, and take them to the court in order to, um, in order to proceed with the foreclosure process, or they can bypass the whole um, court process. Um, so that's what we call a judicial versus a non-judicial foreclosure process. Uh, here in Texas, it's a uh, non-judicial process. So the banks don't need to initiate a lawsuit. They just have to follow some very strict procedures and rules so that they can carry out the foreclosure. So we're going to focus on the non-judicial process, although there are some states, for example, Florida, where the foreclosure process is judicial. So there's some extra steps involved there. Um, if anyone's interested, we can talk about that. But for now, I'm going to assume uh, we're going to talk about mainly the non-judicial process here in Texas. And the reason I'm walking you through the process is to let you understand all the different stages of the foreclosure process and at which stage you can actually get these leads and reach out to the individuals. So generally the first stage, um, of course, you know, the homeowner becomes delinquent on their loan. They haven't been paying it. The first step is that the lender provides some kind of notice to the borrower. Um, and in that notice, they of course state, Hey, you haven't been paying the mortgage and we are, um, rightfully going to proceed with the foreclosure process. Now, this initial notice, especially here in Texas, is not required to be publicly posted or recorded anywhere. So you can't actually get this information unless the bank somehow gives you that information, which they don't. You know, this is private information. Uh, there are some companies out there that will predict whether this is happening based on credit scores. You know, they'll look at um, large drops in credit. So this is what you typically find as being the, the mortgage late list, the 30, 60, 90 day late list. But it's not a guarantee that the person is going through pre-foreclosure. It's a prediction of that. The second step here in Texas, this is more, uh, this is more cut and dry and more, it's, it's significant proof. In fact, it's, it is uh, definite proof that the, the lender is pursuing a foreclosure it is what we call the appointment of substitute trustee. And the idea here, you can think of it as, uh, again, the bank is not in the business of owning real estate. So the bank is not gonna be the one to show up to the foreclosure auction. You know, you don't see Chase or Wells Fargo show, show up to the auction steps to foreclose on the property. They hire someone else to do that. So that's what we call the appointment of the substitute trustee. And at this point in time, uh, there is a notice that is filed with the county. So we can pull that list 
And that's what we do specifically here at Real Estate IQ. We pull the appointment of substitute trustee list. So you can think of that as a pre-pre-foreclosure list. Then the third and final step, uh, again, here in Texas, at least, uh, the lender notifies the borrower that on a particular day and time, the foreclosure sale is going to happen. And uh, by law, this is required to happen 21 days before that date of the auction. So that's what we call the pre-foreclosure lead. Um, so that's the, essentially, in a nutshell, the pre-foreclosure process. So during steps two and three, you can get those leads and market to those people. You can let them know, hey, the, the lender is moving. Uh, at step number two, you can say, hey, they're moving to start the foreclosure process. You know, have you considered your options? You know, what, what's your plan to, to resolve this situation? Then step number three, this is where, you know, there's likely around 21 days or maybe a little bit more than 21 days before the homeowner is going to lose their home to the auction. So there's more urgency involved there, right? But uh, it's also a, a fantastic lead to work with, although albeit it is one type of lead that is heavily worked by a lot of other investors. So definitely keep that in mind. Um, let me know if anyone has any questions about the pre-foreclosure lead type. Um, I can also pull up some sample leads for you to see, but I'd like to really focus on the lead types that you all are interested in. So let me know in the chat window um, if you've got any experience working with the pre-foreclosure leads or if you have any questions about it, we can dive into that. Otherwise, I'm going to move on to the probate leads. All right. So with probate leads, uh, a probate is a lead where uh, someone who's passed away called the decedent, um, they own real estate. And they have, they, when they passed away or before they passed away, there was a will put in place so that uh, that will specifies that um, that particular property should go to their heirs um, or their surviving, you know, the sur surviving spouse, for example. Um, there's also a case where there is no will in place. And that's what we call the affidavit of heirship process. Uh, and that's a lead where the decedent, again, they own real estate, but they didn't have a will. Or if they did have a will, it was more than four years um, after they passed away, uh, which basically invalidates um, the will in terms of this whole probate process. Um, and um, with the affidavit of heirship, when that is filed, that pretty much always means, you know, the heirs are, are trying to establish the ownership of the property, uh, but they need to go through a slightly different process than the probate process. So the idea here is um, number one, we have uh, we at Real Estate IQ have made sh have made certain that these people own real estate as well. So you know, there's plenty of people who pass away but don't own real estate. So we filtered all the probate leads to make sure that the probate case involves real estate, or at the very least, that the uh, um, that the decedent had real estate under their name at uh, when they passed. So let me know in the chat window. Um, let me check here. I think there's a message here. Um, so Marisol is asking, do you need the, the will to renew every four years? It's not that you need to renew the will. It's that the, um, the named heirs in the will have to put that will through probate court within four years of the date of death. And that's here in Texas. The process might be slightly different in, in other states, but the general idea is, you know, if, you know, a lot can happen in four years, there may be, um, you know, maybe some 
some grandchildren or, or other children or, you know, children outside of, you know, that the, the, the original marriage, things like that. It gets messy the longer you wait to probate the will. So uh, it's just a requirement uh, to do it within four years of the date of death. All right. Um, one quick tip that I, I'd like to give to you all uh, for the probate list. I think this is a good um, point for me to segue to show you the actual um, list here. So I'm going to pull up the probate list here so you can see it on the screen um, and we can talk about that. So our off-market leads are sent out to our clients every single day. Uh, we actually check and mine the leads every single day. So we have researchers who are checking the records every day to see are there new filings and if there are, we'll update that and you'll get the leads um, uh, very quickly. Um, but one thing to note here with probate leads, I'm going to pull up the, let me just pull up the October one here. Bear with me for a moment here. Okay. So what you're seeing here on the screen are probate leads. Um, I'm going to zoom in here so you can see it a bit more clearly. So with any leads, um, let me make sure that, um, are you still all seeing my screen? You should be seeing a Google sheet or a spreadsheet. Can you let me know in the chat window? All right, let me make sure that that's showing. Perfect, thank you. Um, so the probate leads here, um, you have the name, the address um, of the decedent, the person who passed away. And then you also have the name and the address of the individual, we call it the grantee. That's not, a, you know, technically it should be called the executor or the, uh, the administrator of the, uh, of the probate case. We just, you know, for our internal use, we just call it the grantee. But it's essentially, in most cases, it's the heirs, you know, the children of the, the person who passed away. You have their mailing address as well. And the reason I call this out is because if you think about the situation, you know, let's say this particular individual on, on, this, on this line here, you can see that this individual passed away. Their address was 3101 Wedge Scale Pass. The grantee has the same address. And that's significant because, you know, typically if let's say someone um, was, you know, inheriting property uh, from, you know, their parents, but they happen to already live at that property uh, chances are they're probably not going to want to sell. They'll, they'll probably just continue to live in that property. Uh, so it's not, you know, there's a good chance that they're not going to want to sell the property because their address is the same as the subject property address. And they probably just, you know, they're, they live in that property already. They're going to continue to live in it afterwards. Uh, so what you really want to do is focus on the people where the address is different so the mailing address for the grantee is different from the mailing address for the property. Um, so you can do that because we provide the information for both the decedent and the grantee. So that's one kind of quick trick I like to share with, um, with our clients. You know, how do you know which ones to focus on? Well, just make sure that the addresses are different. I would focus on those ones, especially if the grantee is outside of the state. So if we scroll down here, there are some in here that this person lives in Missouri and the subject property is in Texas. So, you know, the further away they are, the, the less likely they are to be attached, you know, both emotionally uh, to that property. And, you know, 
practically speaking, it's more difficult for them to take care of that. So that's opportunity for you as the investor to come in and offer your services to help them out. All right, so that's probate here. Uh, let me check the chat window. Um, so uh, May is asking if we provide these lists in all states. Um, hello, I assume you're uh, joining us from maybe Hawaii, but uh, uh, that being said, we are expanding our services. I will leave a link Actually, if you go, just go to our website, realestateiq.co, um, you'll see a list of all the uh, states that we operate in. Uh, I can tell you right now, we have them in Texas, uh, in most places in Florida. We're in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Chicago, Illinois, um, and Salt Lake City, Utah. We have plans to go nationwide, uh, and we should be expanding to about 50 more markets next year. So May, if you have a specific state that you're interested in, do let me know in the chat window. Uh, we can always prioritize. Um, you know, we're going to be everywhere eventually. So um, it doesn't matter really uh, if we change up the order to where we're expanding to. Uh, so let me know in the chat window. Um, okay, definitely looks like uh, Hawaii there. So uh, <laughs> let me know if there's a particular county or, or um, area in, in uh, Hawaii that you're interested in. Um, Rob is asking, how is the assessed value determined? Um, fantastic question. Assessed value is, uh, is the tax value. And actually to be technically correct, it's not the assessed value, it's the appraised value. Um, we're not, uh, we look for the appraised value. Assessed is just the appraised minus any exemptions like homestead and all that. We actually, if it says assessed on our list, it actually means the appraised value. Uh, but that being said, Rob, we do have some tools uh, called FastCMA. Uh, they will allow you to pull the, the market value by running comps. Uh, and we can do that automatically. We've got an algorithm that will do that. Um, that's really a separate discussion. I won't dive into that today. But just know we do have tools that can give you the, uh, the market value as well as just the tax value. Fantastic. Thank you all for the feedback. I'm seeing Indianapolis. Great. St. Petersburg, Florida. Excellent. Excellent. I do believe we do have um, St. Petersburg. What county is that? Or is that the county? I'm not. Uh, I'm from Texas. So I'm not too familiar with the, the counties just yet in Florida, but there's a good chance we already have that coverage, Marisol. So uh, check out our website, realestateaq.co. We've got a list of the, uh, the markets that we're in already. Okay, so let me move on because there's a lot more ground to cover here. Um, so probates and airship uh, is one. We also have evictions. And evictions is particularly interesting in the midst of COVID and, and um, all the uh, moratoriums on evictions and foreclosures. So we'll spend a little bit of time here. The general idea with um, eviction leads is that this is an owner of real property that has initiated a lawsuit to evict tenants. Um, so it's the initiation of the lawsuit. It doesn't mean that they're successful. Um, but that being said, I think it is equally as important to talk to people who are successful or not successful in evicting their tenants, because the fact is that they're not, they're not collecting rent. That's motivation in, in itself, uh, whether or not they eventually do evict the tenants or, or not, that's another story, but you know, you want to have your conversation with these people as soon as you know, the, the lawsuit is filed or even before that. Um, so the, um, the one catch here is, of course, during COVID, 
Um, there is a moratorium on evictions. So tenants have not, or landlords have not been able to evict tenants uh, for non-payment of rent. Uh, that's probably going to change uh, in, a, in about a month here, uh, next year. Uh, but there are still people who are being evicted for other reasons, uh, you know, for violation of, of lease terms and all that. Uh, so it's still a valid lead type. There's just much fewer eviction leads right now compared to uh, before. But rest assured, I think starting next year, we're going to see a, an explosion of, of eviction filings, unfortunate, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at it. Um, but uh, another thing to, to keep in mind is um, uh, when you pull an eviction list from any list broker, you also need to make sure that it's being filtered for um, kind of smaller homeowners. For example, uh, you don't want to talk to an apartment complex, you know, a 100 door apartment complex that evicts, you know, one, one tenant from their the unit. They're not going to be motivated. You want to talk to people who are evicting, you know, from single family, you know, a duplex, a, a triplex, fourplex, you know, p smaller landlords, you know, the mom and pop type landlords. Uh, so what we do with our leads is we also filter out the apartment complexes uh, and we focus on the single family um, or the uh, small multifamily side, just so that you know you're getting, um, you know, a good level of motivation. So that's one thing to, to pay attention to um, eviction leads. If you buy them from anyone else, just make sure that you're, you understand uh, how they're being pulled and, and what filters you have available. All right, next we do have the divorce leads. So divorce leads are um, leads in which a lawsuit has been initiated. And uh, again, real property is associated with a lawsuit. Make sure again that uh, your list provider filters for real property because there's plenty of divorce cases where there is no real estate involved and uh, you'd just be getting in the middle of some drama that you probably don't wanna be in. Um, so we check for divorce leads that have real estate associated with them. Uh, we also, you know what, let me pull up the leads so you can see it right on the screen here again. Um, so I'm going to scroll down to the divorce leads. Uh, let me pull up a Houston list this time since I did Austin last time. So with our divorce leads, uh, let me zoom in here so you can see it closely. You have the name. Of course, you have some additional information like the court case number. You have the name of the petitioner and the respondents. Um, so the person filing for and being filed against. Um, you have the property information here. Owner occupancy is also interesting. They could have already moved out, for example, and maybe it's a rental property owned by the two of them. Um, but you also have um, one line here that I like to highlight, and that is the property awarded to line. And that tells you if the divorce case has uh, proceeded to the point in which the real estate has already been awarded to the petitioner versus the respondent, that means you can reach out to just one of the two and you don't have to talk to the other person. Um, and that saves you time. It saves you effort. It saves you from having to get in between the drama. Um, so we do that service for you as well. We, we check the court cases to make sure, Hey, if the petitioner already won the property, Hey, then just reach out to the petitioner. You don't need to borrow. You don't need to reach out to the respondent. Uh, 
sometimes the court case is still in progress and that's when we have the the na the not applicable then unfortunately you have to reach out to both parties most most of the time you know they would both have to sign um if they were selling the property to you but you know it's just some additional information to help um, speed along the process all right next we have the loan modification list so Loan modifications are leads in which um, the, the mortgager, uh, the person who has the mortgage, has been approved by the lender. Um, the lender is going to modify the original terms of their mortgage because there is some kind of proven financial hardship. Um, so the key is that the mortgager has to prove to the bank with, by submitting certain documentation that hey, you know, they lost their job, there was a death in the family, you know, some circumstances, you know, COVID, for example, um, health issues, uh, and the lender will have to approve for the mortgager to modify the original terms. So maybe instead of paying $1,000 a month, they can pay, you know, $500 a month for a short period of time. One thing to know is that the bank always gets what's due to them, though. So just because the terms are being modified temporarily doesn't mean that the, the bank is going to lose out. They typically just tack on the extra, uh, the extra balance at the end of the loan. Um, and which is unfortunate because a lot of people in loan modification situations, many of them never recover from where they are. And even though they get a loan modification approved um, today, for example, you know, in six months, they find themselves back to where they were not being able to pay the mortgage. And now they're in somewhat of deeper debt compared to before because of all the extra fees, the interest on top of, um, uh, on top of everything else. So that's one thing to note um, historically, and we've seen this, a lot of people who go through a loan modification, you know, they'll, they'll tell you I'm good, but you know, later on six months later, they're, um, they're in trouble again. So these are slightly, you know, they're more likely to tell you, you know, I don't need your help, but if you keep in touch with them, um, if you help them out, help them understand their situation, you know, it could be that they'll come back and seek your assistance in, in six months. All right, next we have code violations. So code violations um, are at the city level, not at the county level, first of all. Um, and the idea here is that the homeowner uh, or the property owner has failed to adhere to some rules or standards that the city has uh, set um, concerning maintenance of the property. So it could be, you know, there's just weeds that are, you know, two feet high. Uh, there could be trash in the yard or some kind of structural issue or hazard. Uh, they could be doing some work without getting a permit. These are all situations in which uh, the city may issue a code violation. So uh, depending on what the code violation is, it might not really be that motivating. Uh, you know, overgrown grass could just be you know, the owner just went out, went, went out of town and forgot to have someone mow the, the lawn, something like that. But it could be a sign of some deeper motivation or some kind of deeper issue. You never know for sure. So, uh, but code violations, just know that this is a very, very large list. Typically, you know, it's not uncommon for a city, especially a larger city to have tens of thousands of code violations. Um, so you really need to understand how to filter those down, how to get to the core um, and the first step to that is to understand all the different code violations uh, and see if there's some ways that you can 
see maybe it's a code violation and the owner lives out of state or something like that. You might be able to filter the list a bit more um, specifically to, to get uh, better results. All right, so just checking the clock here. Uh, okay, we're making uh, good progress here. Let me know if you have any questions or clarifications. Otherwise, we'll move on to delinquent taxes and the tax foreclosure. So to be clear here, here we're, when we talk about taxes, we're talking about property taxes, not um, federal uh, you know, and income taxes. So the idea with delinquent taxes, delinquent taxes is the first stage and then the tax foreclosure is the second stage. So delinquent tax leads, these are just leads where the homeowner has unpaid property tax bills uh, with the county. Um, it could be you know, $200, it could be $20,000. Um, it's all considered delinquent. It could be unpaid for a year. It could be unpaid for you know, 10 years. That's all uh, what we consider delinquent taxes. But at some point in time, the county eventually decides to foreclose on the property um, to re recuperate you know, the property taxes that are due to them. That's what we call the tax foreclosure. Uh, that means the homeowner has unpaid property taxes and the county has filed a lawsuit in order to foreclose on the property. Um, and they've also scheduled the property to be sold at the tax auction. So the key here is um, even in, in Texas where foreclosure is a non-judicial process, in other words, banks don't need to foreclose or don't need to uh, file a lawsuit to foreclose, property taxes um, are, a, uh, are a exception in Texas where um, there needs to be a lawsuit. So when the property does go to auction, you can be guaranteed that it's already been in a lawsuit and that has probably taken about three to four months already um, on top of the regular notice of, of uh, foreclosure sales. So there's plenty of opportunity for you as the homeowner to reach out or you as the investor to reach out to the homeowner to see, hey, is there something we can work out? You know, you're going to lose your home for unpaid taxes um, and typically, Typically, um, you know, there's always exceptions. The amount of tax due is not nearly as much as, you know, they're a mortgage, uh, for example, on the house, unless it's been delinquent for a very, very long time. So these are good ones to, to work, but just know, again, this is typically a very large list. Again, um, for example, in Travis County in Austin, there's close to, when I last checked, I think seven or 8,000 um, delinquent tax leads, but not all of them are motivated necessarily. Some of them are, you know, maybe 500 bucks on a property that's worth you know, $200,000 is not very motivating, but if you know how to filter the list for the ones who owe maybe 4,000 or more for two or more years. Um, that's a little more compelling, I would say. All right. Um, so that wraps up the main set of leads. There are other lead types out there. Let me know in the chat window, are there other lead types that you're interested in? Um, I can happy to chat about those lead types and um, some additional ones that we might be able to bring to the platform in the future. Um, so again, let me know in the chat window is also, is there a particular lead type that you um, are, are, you know, that you like to work, that you've had good success with? Let me know again in the chat window. That being said, I'd like to, again, uh, highlight our, um, our guarantee here, you'll always find a deal with Real Estate IQ. I think there's plenty of leads out there. If you combine the leads, which is the data with a good system and tools 
and a good set of um, power team members, you know, your contractors, you know, your lenders, um, your title company, you'll always be able to find a, a great deal with us. Um, oh, Kinu mentions uh, MLS deals, fantastic. Um, that's a great, um, <laughs> I'm glad someone brought that up. Uh, MLS is, is still a great, wheel, a great way to find deals, excuse me. Um, but it can be hard, especially in a seller's market. Um, but you definitely wanna have a tool that allows you to act quickly when you have uh, a good deal on the MLS, it's likely to sell very, very quickly. Um, for that, I recommend definitely um, uh, definitely attend some of our other talks about uh, our product MLS Deal Finder or have our, uh, when you do the one-on-one -on -one demo, mention the MLS Deal Finder system, which is uh, an automated system that allows you to find good deals on the MLS and you'll get alerts on your phone, for example, when there's a property that's listed at a 20% you know, discount. Um, so definitely check out our MLS Deal Finder system. Uh, Marisol is asking where, what is the fee to get this information? Great question. Uh, Marisol, let's, uh, you can stick around to the end and I'll, I'll chat with you on that. All our pricing is available online. Feel free to check out our website, realestateaq.co. Um, best way to make sure you're getting the best deal though, uh, because we have all kinds of deals going on every day. Uh, schedule that one-on-one -on -one demo with us um, and our team will be able to give you the best price for that particular day on that you know for that market uh, but again all our, all the prices are available online on our website realestateiq.co definitely go check it out just click on um i'll show you here right now um so i don't leave you all hanging there uh go to our website realestateiq.co and click on i do apologize i am on a mobile hotspot right now so the connection is a little bit slow uh, click on tools and click on the deal finding suite. So the deal finding suite is what we have here in Texas. It incorporates all the leads we talked about, plus the other tools, you know, to run comps, uh, to have alerts on the MLS. Um, the deal finding suite starts at 159 a month. Um, and that's for all major uh, markets in your particular metro area. So check it out. Um, all the information is here on the website. You just have to scroll down to the bottom. Um, and for our, the other markets that we are in, for example, Florida, Georgia, Utah, and Illinois, we only, right at this time, we only have the off-market leads. We don't have the other tools that let you run comps and all that, but those are coming soon. You can also check out the pricing for those markets uh, on our website. Um, May is asking about hospital liens and water shutoff. Um, I, we do have a little bit of time here, so let me switch to the slides for that. Um, that's a great question. I do want to um, inform you all about it. Um, so hospital liens, uh, liens, well, let me cover liens in general. So liens um, in general mean that uh, some third party has some kind of claim on your on, on the real estate. You know, the most common lien is a mortgage. A mortgage is a lien because the bank has a claim uh, for the mortgage amount on that property. Um, other, the, the other most common lien is the HOA. The HOA, if you don't pay the HOA fees, then they'll put a lien. Same if you don't pay your contractor for any work they do, they'll put a mechanics lien. Hospital liens are a little bit different um, in the sense that um, when you're admitted to the hospital, um, the 
from my understanding here, uh, and this, uh, I'm not an expert on the hospital lien side, but um, the hospital can place a lien um, and that doesn't mean that you have uh, unpaid bills per se. It, I believe they place the lien on the property as soon as you receive some kind of care, um, I'm sure there's some kind of threshold. It has to be for a certain amount. Um, they'll place that lien on your property, uh, even if um, you know you have uh, a payment. Um, if you know the payment's going to come through insurance, or if you have some kind of payment plan, or if you're actively making payments, I believe they already put the lien on the property, uh, and they only remove it um, when you. Um, successfully pay that off. Um, it's unlike where with the other lien types like the HOA and the mechanics, they only put the lien on your property because you're delinquent. But I believe the hospital places it there, you know, as soon as there's a bill involved, even if you're not delinquent on it per se. Again, I'm not an expert there. Um, we do offer those lien types. I don't, you know, I don't know the full mechanics of it, but we have the liens available. So, um, if you have any uh, question, further questions about it, we can always uh, review that in further detail. Um, but let me know. Uh, hopefully that was enough kind of um, initial information to go off of. Next, the water shutoff list that uh, May asked about. Um, these are, um, again, at the city level. So if the city shuts off water at a particular property uh, for non-payments of the water bill, we have that information. Uh, and it's a good, it's oftentimes a good sign of a vacant property. Uh, the goal of, of working the, the, the water shutoff list is to find properties that are vacant uh, because, you know, water is pretty essential for anyone living there. You know, there are some exceptions. I've seen people live on a property without any water, water service from the city, uh, but it's rare. Um, so it's a, there's a better chance if the water has been shut off and it, if it has stayed off for a good period of time, that's a good sign that the property is vacant. So that's the idea behind the water shutoff list. Um, it's uh, an attempt to get a more accurate um, vacant list. Um, all right. Great question there. Um, Kinu is asking uh, if we assist with helping to get access if you don't have a real estate license? Great question. So um, our products are geared towards, um, you know, real estate agents or non-agents. You don't have to have a license to get this data. Um, you, in fact, what a lot of our clients do is they sign up for our, our comps tool, the CMA, fast CMA tool, because they are not, uh, they don't have a license and they don't have any other way to run comps. Uh, so our tools are great for people without a license. Even if you have a license, that's, you know, we, we offer plenty of value on top of what you already have access to as a licensed agent. Um, so great question there, Kinu. Hopefully that answers your question. Let me know if you have any further clarification there. Um, May, um, thanks for the comment there. Um, yeah, so medical hospital liens can often result in bankruptcy. That's Absolutely true. Uh, it's super, It's really unfortunate, um, but um, yeah, that's a good one to watch. It's probably a bit of a longer term uh, situation given that the lien is typically slapped on the property right at the beginning, but it's something, hey, maybe if they've got a lien and they're already behind on you know, the mortgage or, or taxes, that's something you really want to focus in on. Um, that would be an indication of some 
major, major motivation uh, to sell the, the property. All right, great questions. And thank you all so much for participating. Let me just um, jump to the, uh, the later slides here. Okay, so I do want to, again, remind you, if you have any further questions, if you wanna learn about the MLS deal finder products or the, the comps tool, or our other list building service called County Data Finder. If you haven't already, just schedule a 45 minute one-on-one -on -one deal finding training with us. Uh, also, if, you're, if you like the pricing, if you think, hey, I can make use of this today, um, let us know. We'll schedule that meeting um, ASAP with you and we'll get you uh, the best price um, during that, uh, that deal finding one-on-one -on -one training. Uh, I also want to call out our, uh, your attention to our new community website. So just go to realestateiq.co and click on community or just go to community.realestateiq.co. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of um, kind of sub pages here and groups where you can interact with other real estate investors, either based on your interest or based on your geography. Um, you know, real estate is all about the people, you know, um, I, I can't tell you how many times we've We've done uh, transactions or deals just based on knowing the right person. So definitely expand your network, um, leverage our community to, to meet other people, um, and that will bring you business uh, down the road. We also have tons of other webinars. So check out our events, realestateiq.co forward slash events, or just go to our website, click on events. We've got plenty of uh, coaches and gurus, um, experienced people, um, you know, um, vendors, you know, title companies, uh, insurance providers. They, they're providing free education for you here. Uh, it's the best way to uh, continuously make sure you're, you're learning and improving. Last but not least, um, if you've got any questions, now's a great time. Let me know in the chat window. Um, you can also reach out to me by email. There's my email address as well as my personal uh, Facebook page for my business. Um, and then last but not least, I think we did have a poll, poll questionnaire pop up. We do have some free um, reports to give away as well. So we do have, unfortunately they're for Texas only right now, we are extending those to other markets, uh, but let us know in the poll uh, if you wanna receive a copy of our um, our foreclosures heat map, which tells you in Texas, hey, where are all the, historically speaking, you know, where do all the foreclosures happen? Um, and that may allow you to, you know, to focus your marketing efforts on those particular areas. Um, but that being said, that's pretty much it for the presentation. Thank you all so much for attending and participating. There are some great questions here. Um, Marisol is asking about the presentation. Uh, Jeff, do we send out the presentation recording. I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, if you could respond to that question in the chat window. Um, uh, Marisol, if you don't get an answer there, feel free just to email me. I can at least send you the slides, uh, if not the recording. Um, but uh, let's see, I'm checking to see if there's other questions I have missed. Okay, fantastic. So the presentation will be, and recording will be or excuse me, just the recording will be sent out within the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, that being said, thank you all so much for being here. I'll stick around for another few minutes here. So let me know if there's any other questions and I will be happy to answer them in the chat window.
that being said, thank you all again. Uh, I wish you all the best. Stay safe, take care, and happy deal finding to you all. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.